0: It's January the 17th. Let's read the Bible. Hello, folks. My name is Ray Pritchard, president of Keep Believing Ministries. We want to welcome the hundreds and thousands of people now who are joining us on this year-long journey, this adventure from this marathon we are running from Genesis to Revelation. Guess what? This is a really important day. Today, we cover Genesis 48, 49, and 50. You know what that means? Today. Today. We finished the first book of the Bible reading it together. That's one book down and after today only 65 more to go. What a wonderful time we have had already. Just a reminder, be sure to go to keybelieving.com, download the overview and the daily and monthly reading plans. That's free. Thank you for being with us and thank you for telling your friends. Now, let me just jump right into Genesis 48. Jacob is an old man he is uh, 147 years old he is sick he is old he's about to die and there's some things he needs to do you know there aren't that many uh deathbed scenes in the bible there are a few this may be this may be the most dramatic deathbed scene in the sense of an old man with his family gathered all around him this is very unique and it comes at the end of the book of Genesis. So in Genesis 48, you're going to have uh, Jacob and Joseph and Joseph's two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. In Genesis 49, old man Jacob is going to give a blessing to each one of the sons of uh, each one of his sons. And then in Genesis 50, Jacob's going to die and he's going to be taken back for burial. And then that dramatic scene of. Joseph and his brothers. Let's get right to it. Genesis 48. Genesis chapter 48. Here we go. Sometime after this, Joseph was told, your father is weaker. So he set out with his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. When Jacob was told, your son Joseph has come to see you, Israel summoned his strength and set up in bed. Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan, and bless me. He said to me, I will make you fruitful and numerous. I will make many nations come from you, and I will give this land as a permanent possession to your future descendants. Your two sons born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt are now mine. Ephraim and Manasseh belong to me, just as Reuben and Simeon do. Children born to you after them will be yours and will be recorded under the names of their brothers with regard to their inheritance. When I was returning from Padan, he means Padan iram to my sorrow, Rachel died along the way, some distance from Ephrath, in the land of Canaan. I buried her there along the way to Ephrath, that is, Bethlehem. When Israel saw Joseph's sons, he said, Who are these? And Joseph said to his father, They are my sons God has given me here. So Israel said, Bring them to me, and I will bless them. Now his eyesight was poor because of old age. He could hardly see. Joseph brought them to him, and he kissed and embraced them. Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face again, but now God has even let me see your offspring. Then Joseph took them from his father's knee and bowed with his face to the ground. Then Joseph took them both with his right hand, Ephraim, toward Israel's left, And with his left hand, Manasseh toward Israel's right and brought them to Israel. But Israel stretched out his right hand and put it on the head of Ephraim, the younger, and crossing his hands, put his left on Manasseh's head, although Manasseh was the firstborn. Then he blessed Joseph and said, The God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who's been my shepherd all my life to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all harm, May he bless these boys. May they be called by my name and the names of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and may they grow to be numerous within the land. When Joseph saw that his father had placed his right hand on Ephraim's head, he thought it was a mistake. And he took his father's hand to move it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's. Joseph said to his father, not that way, my father. This one is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. But his father refused and said, I know, my son, I know. He too will become a tribe and he too will be great. Nevertheless, his younger brother will be greater than he and his offspring will become a prosperous nation. So he blessed him that day putting Ephraim before Manasseh when he said, The nation Israel will invoke blessings by you, saying, May God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. Israel said to Joseph, Look, I am about to die, but God will be with you and will bring you back to the land of your fathers, over and above what I am giving your brothers. I am giving you the one mountain slope that I took from the Amorites with my sword and bow. by the way, that's the end of chapter 48. It's interesting about Ephraim being blessed above Manasseh. Jacob understood that because though Esau was the older and Jacob was the younger, it was uh, Jacob who was chosen. Genesis chapter 49. Then Jacob called his sons and said, gather round And I will tell you what will happen to you in the days to come. Come together and listen. Sons of Jacob, listen to your father, Israel. Reuben, you are my firstborn, my strength and the first fruits of my virility, excelling in in prominence, excelling in power, turbulent as water. You will not excel because you got into your father's bed and you defiled it. He got into my bed. Simeon and Levi are brothers. Their knives are vicious weapons. May I never enter their council. May I never join their assembly. For in their anger they kill men, and on a whim they hamstring oxen. Their anger is cursed, for it is strong, and their fury, for it is cruel. I will disperse them throughout Jacob and scatter them throughout Israel. Judah, your brothers will praise you. Your hand will be on the necks of your enemies. Your father's sons will bow down to you. Judah is a young lion. My son, you return from the kill. He crouches. He lies down like a lion or a lioness. Who dares to rouse him? The scepter shall not depart from Judah or the staff from between his feet until he whose right it is comes and the obedience of the peoples belongs to him. He ties his donkey to a vine. The cult of his donkey to the choice vine, he washes his clothes in wine and his robes in the blood of grapes. His eyes are darker than wine and his teeth are whiter than milk. Zebulun will live by the seashore and will be a harbor for ships and his territory will be next to Sidon. Issachar is a strong donkey lying down between the saddlebags. He saw that his resting place was good and that the land was pleasant, so he leaned his shoulder to bear a load became a forced laborer. Dan will judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel. Dan will be a snake by the road, a viper beside the path that bites the horse's heels so that his rider falls backward. I wait for your salvation, Lord. Gad will be attacked by raiders, but he will attack their heels. Asher's food will be rich, and he will produce royal delicacies. Naphtali is a dough set free that bears beautiful fawns. Joseph is a fruitful vine, a fruitful vine beside a spring. Its branches climb over the walls. The archers attacked him, attacked him, shot at him, and were hostile toward him. Yet his bow remained steady. His strong arms remained agile by the hand of the mighty one of Jacob, by the name of the shepherd, the rock of Israel, by the God of your father who helps you And by the Almighty who blesses you with blessings of the heavens above, blessings of the deep that lies below, blessings of the breasts and the womb, the blessings of your father excel the blessings of my ancestors and the bounty of the ancient hills. May they rest upon the head of Joseph on the brow of the prince of his brothers. Benjamin, he's a wolf. He tears his prey. In the morning, he devours the prey and in the evening, he divides the plunder. These are the tribes of Israel, 12 in all, and this is what their father said to them. He blessed them, and he blessed each one with a suitable blessing. Then he commanded them, I am about to be gathered to my people, bury me with my ancestors in the cave in the field of Ephron the Hephite. The cave is in the land of Machpelah. Near Mamre, in the land of Canaan. This is the field Abraham purchased from Ephron the Hephite as burial property. Abraham and his wife Sarah are buried there. Isaac and his wife Rebekah are buried there. And I buried Leah there. The field and the cave in it were purchased from the Hephites. When Jacob had finished giving charges to his son, he drew his feet into the bed, took his last breath, and was gathered to his people. There's so much in chapter 49 that would repay your careful study. I just call your attention to the blessing of Judah. Judah will be like a a lion. The scepter shall not depart from Judah. Shall not depart until the one promise comes. To the Prince of Peace should come. That's an early prediction that the Messiah would come from the tribe of Judah. You know, you started in Genesis 3.15, the seed of the woman, then it narrows down to a descendant of Abraham, and it narrows again to a descendant of Isaac, and narrows to a descendant of Jacob. And at the end of the book of Genesis, it narrows again. The Messiah is coming. He is going to come from the tribe of Judah. He will be the lion of the tribe of Judah. Jacob was doing a great thing. He was predicting the future. By God's grace, he was given insight into the character of his sons, and he was saying that Dan is this way, and Naphtali is this way, and Asher is this way, and Gad is this way. And So it would prove out across history that the blessing that he gave, they became predictive of the different tribes of Israel. Now there's one more chapter, and we're done today. Chapter 50. Then Joseph leaning over his father's face, wept and kissed him. He commanded his servants who were physicians to embalm his father, so they embalmed Israel. They took 40 days to complete this, for embalming takes that long, and the Egyptians mourned for him 70 days. When the days of mourning were over, Joseph said to Pharaoh's household, If I have found favor with you, please tell Pharaoh, that my father made me take an oath saying I'm about to die. You must bury me there in the tomb that I made for myself in the land of Canaan. Now let me go and bury my father. Then I will return. So Pharaoh said, go and bury your father in keeping with your oath. Then Joseph went to bury his father and all Pharaoh's servants the elders of his household, and all the elders of the land of Egypt went with him, along with all of Joseph's family, his brothers and his father's family. Only their dependents, their flocks, and their herds were left in the land of Goshen. Horses and chariots went up with him. It was a very impressive procession. When they reached the threshing floor of a tide, which is across the Jordan, they lamented and wept loudly, And Joseph mourned seven days for his father. When the Canaanite inhabitants of the land saw the mourning at the threshing floor of Atad, they said, This is a solemn mourning on the part of the Egyptians. Therefore, the place is named Abel Mithraim. It is across the Jordan. So Jacob's sons did for him what he had commanded them. They carried him to the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave at Machpelah in the field near Mamre, which Abraham had purchased as burial property from Ephron the Hethite, after Joseph buried his father, he returned to Egypt with his brothers and all who had gone with him to bury his father. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said to one another, If Joseph is holding a grudge against us, he will certainly repay us for all the suffering we caused him. So they sent this message to Joseph. Before he died, your father gave a command. Say this to Joseph. Please forgive your brothers' transgression and their sin, the suffering they caused you. Therefore, please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when their message came to him. His brothers also came to him, bowed down before him, and said, We are your servants. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You planned evil against me. God planned it for good to bring about the present result, the the survival of many people. Therefore, don't be afraid. I will take care of you and your children. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Joseph and his father's family remained in Egypt. Joseph lived 110 years. He saw Ephraim's sons to the third generation. The sons of Manasseh's sons, Machir, were recognized by Joseph. Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die, but God will certainly come to your aid and bring you up from this land to the land he swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So Joseph made the sons of Israel take an oath. When God comes to your aid, you are to carry my bones up from here. Joseph died at the age of 110. They embalmed him and placed him in a coffin in Egypt. And thus ends the reading of the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible. Friends, we're early days. yet. Yeah, early days, 65 books to go. But man, what a story. Just one, comment. there's a lot of stuff I'd like to say about this, but just one comment. Isn't it telling? Forgiveness is hard. Repentance is hard. Reconciliation. It's it. it it's not just a one moment or one time thing. After all of this, for all this, Joseph's brothers they still feel awful about what they did to him way back all those years before. All those years before and they were thinking, you know, as long as Daddy was alive. Joseph's not going to touch us, but now he's dead. He's number two in Egypt. He can do anything to us he wants. (sighs) I can't help, but when I get to verse 20, I can't think of it, except in the King James Version. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. It is a wonderful advance in the spiritual life to be able to look at what has happened to you and the people who have hurt you and situations that have knocked you down again and again to finally come to the place where you can look back and say, I didn't see it at the time, but you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Someone has said the greatest two words in the Bible are, but God, and I tend to agree. Let this be a but God day, no matter what happens to you, but God, no matter where you go, but God, no matter what hardships you encounter, Let's make this a but God day. He knows what he's doing. He's doing it. We can trust him. Well, folks, guess what? Tomorrow, we are not going to the book of Exodus. We're going to do something different. And I'll explain that to you tomorrow morning. Thank you for being with us today. Go out and have a great, wonderful, but God kind of day. See you back here tomorrow morning.